every person in this room has the perfect motive. Stand back! For murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm frightened! What? Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Except F. F. Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's well, a matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Huh. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? No. 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 Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. <laughs> In the movie that makes a scene of the crime. Clue. It's not just a game anymore. Podcast? 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 Podcast. Hi. Mother. Fucker. <laughs> Mother. Listen, I'm... Oh, my God. The game has got Because <laughs> I was... It was counter hour. So I was, I was like... You know, I was like this. I was like, I, I was up close. I keep. Why would you turn the gain up when you get up close? Because it was too low. Okay. It was way too fucking low. No, it's too low now. But like, it we was, do okay. It was way low when I I needed it loud, louder. Shut up. I'm expecting calls from jobs now, so I have to not have my phone on silent all the time. That's fair. That's fair. You good? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Export Audio Episode Dip Dip Dip. There it is. I'm Autumn June. You're Nora Blake. I was gonna say it, but you said it anyway. So you didn't say the other name, though. The knives are out on Export Audio. I was gonna clap because I clap when I talk sometimes. Knives out special. I'm Nora Blake and Zoe Mars. Zoe Ash Mars. We just watched a movie. We're excited about it. I gotta put it in the spreadsheet. Hell yeah. We watched KO today. <laughs> KO, as we like to call it. You know. That's what we call it on the biz, KO. KO. Um, I want to... I want to, like... Let's treat this like it's an actual, like, podcast, huh? How you mean? I'm going to say who wrote this movie and yeah, stuff like that. that's fair. Yeah. While you're pulling that up, um, I will say, listeners, we were not planning to podcast about Knives Out, but we just watched it and then felt it in our hearts that we wanted to podcast about it. Hmm. Uh, Directed, partially produced, there's two producers, but directed, produced, and written by Ryan Johnson. Okay. And also produced by Ram Bergman, who I don't don't know who that is. Probably just some collaborator or money guy. Uh... Also involved in uh, Brick, Looper, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Knives Out. Interesting. Okay, yeah. Probably just (laughs) his homie from film school. You know, the homie from film school. Um. Anyway, yes. Knives Out, 2019. All those credits. I just wanted to say that because, like, you know, it's good to do that sometimes, and we don't always think about it. Um, Ryan Johnson, log off. 
But don't stop making movies. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we let's... Should, we'll, we'll start from the what top. What were we going to watch today? What do you mean? We started... We, you sat down oh, and we were yeah, like, yeah, let's yeah. watch a movie. Okay. We're all over the place. I'm going to corral things. I'm, I'm trying to go things. back to the beginning so we yeah, can have... You are not at the beginning. <sighs> okay. I got home from job interview. Job interview went okay. I don't have a job yet, but I might have a job soon. I forgot we have to do our <laughs> lifestyle update. You have a job now. I do, I'm pending a background check. Yeah, as long as you haven't done any murder. Have you done murder? Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> Taps a piano key. <laughs> <laughs> um, I came home. I've been... I just... Yesterday, I finished Way of Kings, which was excellent. It was fucking amazing. We should get... We, we should get Molly on to do, to do a, a Way of Kings cast. Yes. Way of Kings cast. Yeah. That will just be me and Molly saying our favorite moment of the entire book, which she did DM me about. She's like, <laughs> You finished the book, you got to the thing. <laughs> um I started a book called Go Ahead in the Rain. Um it is about it is a book about a tribe called Quest from Hanif uh Hanif Abdurraqib. Um, who previously wrote a book of essays about music that I loved, and I'm really loving this new book uh, that he did. Uh, it's only a three-hour audio book, so I'm probably going to finish it tomorrow. <laughs> but it's only three hours because? You're, I'm listening at double speed, so it's <laughs> supposed to be six. It's Either way, it's a short book. I might also do Wuthering Heights before I move on to Words of Radiance. I finished Carry On. You did? By Rainbow Rowell, the gay wizard book. I really liked it. I'm, I've am i just started the sequel. Wayward Son. Wayward Son. <laughs> which I thought that was the bit, but Carry On was actually referencing a different song, not Carry On My Wayward Son. It was a Queen lyric. Right. I just thought it was the same song because it just happened to be... Yeah. yeah. Um... When I read that book, there weren't going to be any sequels. Now there is one sequel and another coming out in 2020 sometime. You also told me there was a sex scene in this book. Is there not a sex there's scene? There's not a sex scene. They do there's make out. There's a make-out scene. They make out. That is real sexy. It's a, it's a little sexy. They do make out in the middle of a forest fire. It's pretty good. Um. So, yeah. Do you have Books more carry-on thoughts? Um... I wow. feel like I said everything I have about it earlier. Uh, it's it's good. It's good. Um, it's probably been three or four years since I read it, but I like it a lot. Yeah. I might have to. I might have to like slam it down real quick before I. Um, I might have to like shotgun carry on before mm-hmm. I want to read the sequels because it's been long enough. But yeah, I don't have any deep read on it really. You know what I was thinking today. I was thinking that if you buy a book, it should come with a copy of the audiobook. Or vice versa. Would, what a world that would be. Maybe if you buy the audiobook, you should get a paperback with it. Or an ebook of your choosing. Like you, that should be a thing. That should be a thing like like for an additional five dollars, you can we'll send you a paperback of this book. I think that the audiobook should definitely come with a transcript. Mm-hmm. Which could just be an ebook. I yeah. think that would be, like, a good... Th- even if it's not, like, you have the whole, like, 
I was thinking paperback, about... whatever. It's just like we put subtitle tracks on movies. Why not make the same accommodations for every medium? Right, because for the last, the last chapter or probably the last three chapters of Way of Kings, I was literally just sitting next to you, listening to the book, and reading along with the audiobook, and also flipping through and looking at all the illustrations in your copy of the book. Um, it sucks that as someone listening to the audiobook, I straight up do not have access to those illustrations. They're pretty cool. Um, They're not, like, vital, but, like, in other books they very well might be. Yeah. Like, I mean... You just listened to one that had Night lots Film, of... Night Film has that. Um, I, uh... I actually didn't find... I feel like the audiobook did a very good job of talking about the things that are, um visual in the book i think i just picked up marisha pestle's every other book uh special topics and calamity physics that might struggle a little more because i flipped through that and i, f I bought a paperback of it i'm probably going to get an audiobook of it uh maybe i read the paperback while you uh... and there are there's like some abstract art paintings printed Ooh. in the book there's like there's like things that are the things in night film that are visual are like, there's a Rolling Stone interview with like um, one of the people involved in the murder, you mm -hmm. know, things like that. Not the band, the the magazine. Right. Um. And, 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 oh, actually, um, night film. If you purchase it on Audible, um, comes with a little PDF of a lot of the visual stuff, I believe. Hmm. I purchased it on Libro.fm, which is a great service, but I don't believe sent me that PDF. Um, yeah. It uh, also might be a thing, like, only if you get it on CDs, for all I know. Like, Audible might also not provide that PDF. Weird. Uh, but, yeah, books are good. We're doing that now. Yeah, we're just book it's, readers. It's just great to, like, read a good book and have it just fly by rather than, like, try to read a bad book for months. And What if you spent months trying to force yourself to listen to Another six-hour audiobook by Alan Dean Foster. What if it took you three weeks to read an audiobook that's six hours instead of two three, weeks? Three days. Yeah, I, I'm gonna finish. <laughs> I'm gonna finish. Um, what's it? Go ahead in the rain. I'm gonna finish that tomorrow, so that'll be two days total. I probably could have finished it today, except we watched Knives Out and Wayward King. <laughs> Different, different title. Very cool title for like a, a fantasy yeah. series, but of, not what we watched or, or read. Way of Kings, Way of Kings. Mm -hmm. uh, I listened to it double speed most of the time. About twenty four hours of listening. Um, took me less time than Splinter of the Mind's <laughs> Eye, which is three hours at double speed. <laughs> it's <coughs> It's simply, uh, it's simply better, and a good a, a book being good makes it so much easier to read. I don't, mm. I didn't really realize that. Like, yeah, it's not a movie. Yeah, a bad movie you can still like mostly sit through. Like, I will, I, I will turn off a bad movie so fast. When I was watching Krampus, it was just fucking interminable. I hated that movie so much. Wait, but, if if I don't like a movie in the first thirty minutes. I will turn that shit off. I have walked out of movies. Like, other people are like, it's the only time I've ever walked out of a movie. I've probably walked out of, like, seven movies in my life. I Name feel them. no compunction about it. Name I, some of them. I want to know. Um, <laughs> I know I walked out of I Am Legend, 
which this is a funny story. What? I, okay, that's a good movie. Here's the thing. That's a good movie. <laughs> when did I Am Legend come out? 2011. That's not true. <laughs> 2008. How do you know that? How do you just have... 2007. Fuck. Just December Fuck. 2007, though. Okay. December 2007. <laughs> so I was 11, and I wanted to see I Am Legend. My dad said, that looks like a stupid movie. I'm going to go see Walk Hard instead. And sent me off to go see I Am Legend by myself at 11 years old. Who won that one? I think you did. <laughs> well, I was 11 and got so fucking scared at the scene where the dogs chase Will Smith, which is like at the halfway point. I got halfway through that mm-hmm. movie and got so scared. Is that movie I... a good movie? I don't fucking remember. I have seen it since then and I like it. Okay. It's cool. not a great movie, but it's a good movie. It's vampires, though, right? Vampire zombies, like a little bit of column A, column B. Um, I, I am legend. I remember that because then also, my dad was in a movie, so I sat in the lobby of the movie theater for an hour waiting for his movie to finish, and then was too embarrassed to tell him that I left the movie early, so I made up the plot of the rest <laughs> of I Am Legend when he asked me about it. I just pretended I knew what happened. What are some others? I want to know. Um, because I have only shut off a movie early one time that I know of. And that was when I tried to watch the Smurfs movie on a plane. Uh, so, one of my exes used to force me to go see a lot of terrible... Marvel 3D movies. animated, well, yes, <laughs> also those, but I enjoyed Marvel movies at the time, would make me go see a lot of, like, like Home, which starred Sheldon from uh, Big Bang Theory and uh, Rihanna. Um, I saw Zootopia. I did not walk out of Zootopia, but I'm pretty sure I walked out of Home, even though my ex was you, enjoying the movie. You had to to get to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I walked out of that movie, <laughs> even though Anna was still liking it. I was like, I'm, I know I walked out of Transformers 3 because hmm. my dad did not anticipate that movie being three hours long. So at two hours and 15 minutes, my dad texted me, hey, I'm outside the theater. Where you, Where are you? And I texted him because I was an idiot teen and I was texting in the movie on my flip phone. Um... I was like, this movie is still going. And I didn't want to go see it. My dad had known I did not want to go see it. But all my friends were going to see it. And I was complaining the whole time. And so I turned to my best friend at the time, who I don't like very much now. And I turned to him and was like, my dad's outside. This movie fucking sucks ass. I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) I I walked straight out. (laughs) um, What else? I can't think of what else... I know I have walked out of a handful of movies in my life. You know what movie we didn't walk out of? You, you know what movie I didn't walk out of was um, American Hustle, which is... M- Until the Joker was the worst movie I'd ever seen. Have you told this story on the podcast before? Um, this is a good story. I love that we have a podcast that we've been doing long enough that we can say, <laughs> have I told this story on the podcast before? So, when did American Hustle come out? Um... Let's see. American Hustle was 2013, so I was a junior in high school. Um, 
No, December 2013, I would have been a senior in high school. And I was at... My senior year of high school was the last moments of my, like, peak movie-going, like, peak film autumn. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, posting on forums. And... Posting on... Um, Posting on a forum every single day. You almost um, you almost said which one, and then you decided not to. I almost said which one. <laughs> it's like that sometimes. Um, about movies. I started a blog with forum members. Me and Ooh. the other forum members started um, a Tumblr blog, uh, where we reviewed movies. Um, senior year in high school was really intense with that. It started to fall off somewhere in my freshman year of college. Um. So, uh, my ex, my girlfriend at the time and I were going to try and go see, like, the big Oscar movies. Like, the stuff that everyone was talking about that was going to get nominations that was, you know, the whole nine yards. So, we went to see Her by Spike Jones, Who? the The Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson, uh, jo- Joaquin Phoenix Wants to Fuck Siri. Yeah. Which is a movie that... I found profoundly moving at the time. Uh, I don't know if it holds up. I genuinely have no idea. I have not thought about Spike Jones in a year or two. You know, like... But Anna and I watched it, and we're just like, oh my god, this is, like, amazing. And we were sitting outside the theater, and we were talking, and we just really liked her. And we, we were really deeply moved by it. And what we had done was we bought tickets for her, and we knew America. We knew it was going to end at like let's say four o'clock, and we knew American Hustle started at four forty-five. So if we just kind of like hung out in the movie theater and didn't really draw attention to ourselves for forty-five minutes, we could just walk over across the theater and walk into American Hustle like we had bought tickets. So. We were, we were talking, we were having a really good conversation about American Hustle. Or, we were having a really good conversation about her. <laughs> and we're like, okay, uh, gosh, I'm really enjoying this conversation, but let's go see American Hustle. I don't think it's going to be as good, but I'm sure, like, you know, I'm pretty sure American Hustle won, it, won like, awards and shit. It certainly got nominated for a lot of them. People were telling us how just amazing every actor and, you know, whatever... So we go see American Hustle. And it's not working. <laughs> and every time I go to see American Hustle, it's not working. So I go to see American Hustle. And it's not we, good. We were enjoying the movie. Mm-hmm. We were enjoying the movie. And we were, like, not chatting, but we were, like, exchanging glances. You know, you're, you're watching a movie, you're enjoying it. Uh, mm-hmm. The theater's pretty packed, so you're trying to be respectful, but you're trying to express, I'm enjoying the movie. And then we got to a scene, and we are like, okay, the movie's ending. And at the end of that scene, like, there was, like, another big... Because it was, like, there was a big twist or something that happened, and then someone explained the twist, and it was like, okay, the movie must be ending. And then, like, in the next scene, there was another big twist, and it was like, okay, the movie must be ending. And so, after the second or third time this happened, I checked my phone and discovered we were 35 minutes into the film, and this was a two-and-a-half-hour movie. And I showed it to Anna, and we were just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and... 
The next two hours were the most excruciating experience I have ever had watching a movie. We were, like, until the Joker, I have never hated a movie <laughs> as much as I hated American Hustle. It was so tremendously awful. <clears throat> None of the actors were good. They, oh, my God. I hate that movie. I hate it. Can I give you a little treat from the wiki page of that yes, movie? Yes, please do. The film received 10 nominations at the 86th Academy Awards, including blah, 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 but did not win in any category. Yeah! <laughs> it, Fuck this movie! It did get three BAFTAs, three Golden Globes, including Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, and the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. If not for you, I would have walked out of Joker. That moment... Oh, cool. I, I'm glad that I'm, like... You inflicted that on me? <laughs> I'm, like, party to the pain that you endured. <laughs> you remember that moment where I got up to... Yes. I don't remember when in the movie that was, but I remember it happening. It was it was when he was on stage doing his comedy routine. Um, and he starts to imagine... Um, and I knew this was going to happen. He starts to imagine, like, the girl in the audience watching him. Um... I almost certainly told this story on the podcast. We were watching the movie. If you didn't, it came up on Totally Reprise because Molly yes. was reading your tweets as it happened. Molly was reading my <laughs> tweets on the air as this happened. I, We were watching The Joker, and I got up, and I said, I'm going to go pee. I didn't have to pee. I walked. I got up. I walked around the theater. I refilled my water. I checked some tweets. I probably liked some tweets. I got up for a good five, seven, ten minutes, something like that. And it was just because I was like, okay, I have to finish this because Nora's in there, but, like, I can't, I just need to get out of it. It's fucking oppressively terrible. It's the worst. It's not even, like, just that it's bad. It's also just it's vile. It's boring. It's boring <laughs> and just spiteful and just horrendous. The worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Joker is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. But but we're not here to talk about the Joker. We're not here to talk about the Joker. We're here to talk about Knives Out. So from this point on, spoilers. Spoilers, obviously. spoilers for Knives Out. Um, spoilers out, if you will. Spoils out. Mm, um, yeah. I might also spoil the movie Clue from 1986 in the discussion of this. You can't do that. It has seven endings. <laughs> it has three. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. Oh, I made you sad. Let me kiss you. Weird that you would do that by yelling at me. <laughs> you yelled at me through the whole last podcast. Shut up. You little wretch. So this movie's great. This movie's great. We, okay. We laughed a lot. We laughed a lot. Very funny movie. I screamed at one point. You did. Like three times. I screamed a few times. The thing I've noticed, if I'm watching a movie in a theater, I do not scream. Yes. If I'm listening to a book down here by myself playing Slate mm -hmm, Aspire, mm -hmm. I don't hoot and holler. But as soon as I can get you to react to me hooting and hollering... As soon as you can get some attention. Uh-huh. I hoot and... I really have taken to just, like, loudly, audibly reacting to things I'm this watching This is podcast reading. culture. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, we needed something to do. I wanted to watch Parasite today. I still really do. Um, we have the three movies that came out in 2019. 
Yeah, we have Knives Out, Uncut Gems, and Parasite. Those are the only three movies <clears throat> that came out this year. Um, last year. <laughs> last year, whatever. In the last 365 days, that's what I meant to In say. In the last 358 days. Um, so, yeah, we were going to watch Parasite, and I had a suspicion that would be a little bit of a downer. I don't know anything about Parasite except that it's about how capitalism bad. I don't know anything. I don't know the plot. I don't, I I don't know. know the tone. I mean, I know Bong Joon-ho's other movies. Um, speaking of Bong Joon-ho's uh, other movies, Christopher Evans, or Chris Evans. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't call him Christopher Evans. That's not right. Chris Evans is a fantastic actor, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. He's, not like, he's not like an all-timer. I just think he's like a really solid actor. It was really nice to see him here. I think he's fantastic in Snowpiercer, which is also by... uh, Yeah. Um, You say he's not an all-timer, but, like, he will be in, like, 20 years. Like, if he just keeps doing good good roles and shit. I hope that one... He's just very good when he's not tied down to, like, adventure stuff. I mean, like, he is... And even there, he's, like, pretty good. He's, like, one of the better ones. Sorry. uh, For a while, these days, I think probably Chris Hemsworth is the best of them. But for a long time, I thought Chris Evans was, like, the best of those actors in The Avengers. The last time I saw Chris Hemsworth for an extended amount of time, he was in a fat suit. So. I have not seen those movies. I thought that was a scene. Everyone said it like it was a scene. That's him in the whole movie he's fat. That's cool. It's great. I love it. That's representation for me. Um... I mean, I imagine Chris Hemsworth did not choose to put on a fat. I mean, he did because he put it on. Yeah, he did do that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, like, on some level, yes, he chose to put on the fat suit. Yeah, he could have said, I will not do that. Yeah. I will not. Anyway. He's um, Crims Hem- He's Crims Hemsworth. <laughs> anyway. Um, Chris Evans, fucking great in this movie. Uh, Knives Out, I mean. Yeah, Knives Out. Also just great in Snowpiercer. Yeah. Just, I was just thinking about Snowpiercer today. I haven't watched that movie since probably 2014. My aunt got mad at it because it was environmentalist. Right. At but, the end. Yeah, you but said that end. she got mad at the end for being environmentalist. I was like, did she not watch the rest of it? <laughs> um, it's just a fun what if, we, you know, all these dystopias. It's just, oh, what if the world was bad? Hmm, that would be, that would be something, huh? Um, She loves the Hunger Games. <laughs> Is the Hunger Games environmentalist? Yes, it is. <laughs> what? The Hunger Games is environmentalist. Oh, I thought you meant, is the Hunger Games a dystopia? I mean, whatever environmentalist means. Anyway, fucking whatever. Knives out. Knives out. I feel like the best way to like get into a film discussion is to summarize the film, but I don't want to do that because this is an extremely plot-heavy film. Yeah, no. Also, this is not a film podcast. This is not a film podcast. And so, this is not a review either. We're just... We ended this movie and we're filled with, like, an urge... I just heard the uh, PS4 controller die from upstairs. <laughs> uh, we were just filled with this urge to talk about this thing. What's that sound? What are the noises going on upstairs? <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Um, we just were filled with this intense need to, like, release the pressure on this excitement that we were having about this movie. Uh, it was we just had a really good time. 
Okay. Also, so, I said that I didn't have a deep read on uh, Carry On, but I kind of do. Only in such such in so far as to say that it's it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. But you know, beyond that, um, knives out. <laughs> you really like got me. I was like, "Oh, are we going somewhere else?" No, we're no. not. Okay, <laughs> I just remembered. Um, I had meant to say that earlier, but I got distracted. I liked Knives Out a lot. So, okay, uh, I don't know that we're necessarily going to do a review, uh, like you said. So, maybe the best place to start is with me saying. Political. This is a all artist political. Oh, we're going to this part first. Well, this okay. is like okay. So if you're not gonna do a review of the movie, what are you gonna do? You're going to talk about the themes. There is a thread that went around. Knives Out is um, more than just a murder mystery because it's about class. It might have been a thread. It might have been an article. I don't. I really didn't know. I didn't click it because I didn't, I didn't see, see the movie. There was a thing that went around. Knives Out is more than just a murder mystery because it's about class. Unlike other mech shows. Unlike other murder mysteries, Knives Out is about class. Which is a stupid claim. (laughs) I'm just going to be as mean as I possibly can. Saying that other murder mysteries are not about class is absurd People should go read Murder on the Orient Express. It's a very good book. It'll take you like two days because Agatha Christie knew how to write a good fucking novel. <laughs> Just because this this one like referenced modern like yes. modern events and current events doesn't mean that it's more so. Like people, you want a great murder mystery about class? One, it's all of them. All murder mysteries are about class. You should watch fucking Columbo. Columbo is about class all the time. Two, you should watch Clue. It's about <clears throat> class. Watch Clue. It's maybe one of the best five movies ever. It maybe maybe I need to uh, go on sec- Letterboxd <laughs> and just change so that uh, Clue is in my top four instead of Gundam F ninety one. No, sorry, F ninety one. No. You're number five. No, you're not allowed. <laughs> this is our blood pact that we swore. We okay. swore a pact like Dumbledore and Grindelwald <laughs> to keep the fire burning for F91. But, um, but, I thought what you had said was Clue is five of the best movies ever made. <laughs> Which is what I would say about A New Hope. Star Wars is at least five of the best movies ever made. No, no, because it's three of the best movies ever made, because it's got three different endings. I saw most of Clue once. You've never seen all of Clue? <clears throat> well, you see, I was in a... It was my friend group when I was in high school before I could drive, so it was at a friend's house, but my mom had to come pick me up, and we just weren't done with the movie, and that doesn't matter because mom's here, so I'm, I have to go now. So we I should watch Clue. It's <clears throat> one of my favorite movies, for sure. So, yeah, I never saw an ending of Clue. <laughs> um, did you see the big Tim Curry, like, parlor no scene clue. running around? No fucking clue. We have it to... was It was well over a decade ago. But, okay, so to bring it back to Knives Out, um, that it, it is absurd to claim other murder mysteries are not about class. But um, the thing about Knives Out it is that it is... Very explicitly a movie for 2019, 
like they're talking about Trump, they're talking about undocumented workers, they're t- or they're talking about like ice, ice, and the like class and political issues of 2019, um, and I. Would imagine, because based on what you said and based on vague ideas, I would imagine that a lot of people that we talk to are probably a little unhappy with this aspect of the movie because um, it it's kind of Democrat brain poison, mm-hmm. like relitigating twenty sixteen. A little bit. I mean, not directly, right? Not directly. But it's like, it's very, um, hashtag this is not normal, right? Yes. Like the, the viewpoints expressed by the characters politically in that in the scene that we're talking about where they're, like, having it out over... But I'll... But let y- me... Y- you go. This is the most explicit yes. scene of that. Um, they are extremely... Middle of the road renditions of those viewpoints, yes. and the characters that are cl- that are like they're very much ripped from the 2016 debates between Trump and Hillary, um, and like I, like the sorts of talking points that Trump and Hillary had. I sure, think. but my point being that like. Uh, the, there's, they're, they're, they're still framed as just two sides, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, they are still just two sides arguing, and that's the issue with the family, is that they're, they're always being so, like, vicious at each other. They have knives out, you might, you might say. Uh-huh. Now, and you talk. I just galaxy-brained into something, but I want to let you finish. I just... Ryan Johnson is not a leftist. No. This is the issue with the analysis on the movie, is that he is not a leftist. He might be a Democrat. I would say I, he probably is. I would... Oh, he's definitely that. He's extremely that. Um, because, And you can tell because Meg is given way more space in the movie to exist as a real human than... That one kid who's tweeting about Last Jedi or whatever. I don't even remember his name. I remember Meg's name um, because I screamed at her that she's a class traitor. Um, I mean, no, not really. I mean, yeah, considering <laughs> because she's what class she's actually in. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very. They have the guy say the line from Hamilton about immigrants. That was the first time I screamed. When he says, immigrants, we get the job done, I actually screamed. Um, here's the here's the thing I'm galaxy braining. I just, to. that okay. line, that line right there, is the real life equivalent of the movie line, I would have voted for Obama a third time. Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I think the real, this is the movie version of it. This is like. Ryan Johnson saw Get Out and was like, I'm going to put that in my movie. And oh, like, okay. I feel like he polished it and, like, was, you know, like, oh, I'm so clever with this one. He definitely saw Get Out and decided to put that in his movie, too, which I respect. Like, whatever. 
I mean, also, like, it is a white director very plainly just appropriating, like, a, a, a line that a, a black mm-hmm. director put in his movie. But any, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> I just meant, like, people liter- people say that in real life. They do the Hamilton line in real life, oh, unironically, yes. is what I meant. Like, um, that is the unironic equivalent in, of the movie line. In 2016, yeah. my parents were doing that, for sure. Um, I was listening to that VoIP life where they describe uh, going in the UK and people losing their shit for that line. Anyway. anyway. Um, so, the thing with the family is that there's the there's Harlan. That's his name. Harlan Thromby. Um, and he's got you know, his kids... Um, and they're, they're really divided. And the thing that of course divides them is the money, right? And they're all arguing about the money. And the thing that makes me, obviously this is not like a capital L leftist. This is not a communist movie. I don't think anyone ever could make a communist movie of this budget with this sort of financial backing, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but the thing, there's like a kernel of something in there that is, um, the Democrats and the Republicans are still just people with a shit ton of money, um, like arguing about their shit ton of money Mm -hmm. and ignoring people like Marta who Marta is, ends up being like a stand in for, all marginalized folks who are getting screwed by the Trump administration. Um, the thing that I was galaxy bringing into, uh, because I was thinking about this throughout the movie, is that I do not like... The the Meg and the other, the other grandchild, mm-hmm. um, like, one is the, like, SJW who's taking her degree in, like crypto market marxist deconstruction whatever jamie lee curtis says you know poetry it's a good line there's <laughs> a good line uh <clears throat> jamie lee curtis is jamie lee curtis is excellent in this movie she's just she's just great all the time forever um like you see there uh, the very obvious thing that's happening there i guess that i'm it's not very obvious because i'm galaxy braining into it is that like as the generations go on like we're just getting more polarized. Bro, we're just getting more polarized. And, like, the thing that is good to me is some recognition in some way that the Democrats and the Republicans are just people with a shit ton of money arguing about their money and no one else. Mm-hmm. But then the the other thing that the movie is saying is the kids are just the same thing but even more extreme, you know? Um, like... Because the kids are also that, but more extreme. But one of them is a literal Nazi tweeting at Kelly Marie Tran. <laughs> I mean, he says a race. He says racist lines of he dialogue. Ha- like they are. Yes. The thing is, is that the the way that they describe the crypto Marxist fucking whatever is feels the same as the way they describe the yes. other kid as yes. being a Nazi. It's just that 
the kid who isn't a Nazi has dialogue and a character and like has, but it's and does stuff in the plot, and then the other kid is just that is just that, and like there's no act there's no like there's a, they're clearly drawing a line between those two grandkids and how oh they're kind of the same. But they're one. They're not the same because the movie gives one of them more screen time and more yeah. space. But it's still not taking her seriously. It's still rolling her. There, the movie is still rolling its eyes at her in some way. And it it goes through this thing by giving her more scenes. It kind of subverts the the ideology that she was said mm-hmm. to have a little bit, which because, is like because she is like used as a pawn in this mm-hmm. in all this game on this scheme but uh so that character has a little added depth that only serves to sort of like uh undermine the qualities that she's said to have the other character is just that shallow is, yes is just like doesn't have like a thing that like don't fake you out into thinking that he's more than that. It's just that, and it's just... Yeah. And the thing that's really um, bothering me, I guess, is that as a broke-ass communist, um, and as a, you know, card doesn't table, as a broke-ass communist with, like, parents with a lot more money than I have, um, like... I rolled my eyes at that character a little bit and sometimes at myself because it's like, um, you know, maybe you're studying Marxism, but like you have to actually be about it. And like, can you be about it when um, like, like, can you be about change when you come from a moneyed class? You know, mm-hmm. when you come from money um, and my parents do not have like Anyway, 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 anyway. Money is money. Money is money. My... It doesn't matter that your parents don't have, like, a famous publishing company. Right. Your dad goes on holiday to just gallivant across Asia for fun twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> just not going to be angry on the podcast. Anyway. Look, landlords get the wall. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So the thing that I, as a, like, as a sort of person, I'm, like, rolling my eyes is, like, is this person, because she's from money, committed to it? I think the movie is rolling its eyes because those SJWs aren't about what they say they're about. They're really about themselves, you know? And it does not, like, I feel like we're a little, I feel like my feelings and Ryan Johnson's feelings are maybe a little mismatched here on... I'm like, you'll you'll get there, sweetie. You'll get there. I'm like not too worried about her. And Ryan Johnson's like, no, no, no. Well, like, ow. I don't know what I just did. I just pinched a nerve. Um, but also, she is clearly used by her family. Yes. But that's sort of not. That doesn't make her. Um, don't pinch your nerve on the podcast. It sucks. That doesn't make her, like, redeemed, right? The movie doesn't offer that as, like... And therefore, she will be... At the end of the day, she's still standing on the lawn while 
um, Marta sips coffee from the mug that says my house, my coffee. Um, like, it doesn't matter that she was used because it's... Because it is like, like you said, the class thing, right? Mm-hmm. She's still in that class. She's yes. still... And she still, <clears throat> like all of them, deserves to have all her money fucking taken. Yeah, like, you know. yes, it's true that she was uh, manipulated in, into stuff by her parents, but and, she could have simply not. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's true that she did not choose to be born into, like, a ton of money and, you know... She seems to be coming by, like, leftism, you know, and, like, but I don't care how good of a leftist you are, you shouldn't have $60 million. She, that character just reminds me of the fact that my grandma always said that uh, as I get older, I will become more conservative. Mm-hmm. And the way that that character is written yeah. tell, makes me think that Ryan Johnson thinks that, too. Yes, yes. That, like... Even if, at the end of the day, you're still going to, like, go along with exploitation to, like, get yours. Yeah. If you can if you can get it. Um, even if you are a crypto-Marxist, post-deconstructionist feminist. Right. But also, like, <clears throat> of the characters in the film, like, she's the one that I think has, like, any chance of, like, coming out of this mess. Like, not a totally broke-brain weirdo. Um... Because the one, because Joni has her skincare company, she'll be fine. The one of them has the pub. No, he doesn't have the publishing. Like the, I will say she doesn't throw up after she says that she will pay for her to go to college. That's true. That's true. She could have simply changed her mind later, but in the moment, I'm not lying. Yeah, because, like. She should have her $60 million taken away, but, like, if Marta decides that getting that girl through school is, like, a noble cause, like, that makes sense to me, you know? Like, the thing that the movie ends on is actually, like, the thing I wanted to talk about next, um, where she's like, I should help these people, right? And then uh, Benoit Blanc Mm -hmm. says, uh, I have my opinion, but I'm sure you'll... Follow your heart? Is that what he says? Yeah, you'll follow your heart. Which, um... This movie takes a weird out at the end of, like... You made it through all of this because you were a good person. And if you're just a good person, things will work out. Yeah. We can all choose to do good, and no one gets to vote on that. (sighs) It's just, like... Not helpful? Yeah. Not useful at all, because it is just luck that she didn't have her entire life ruined by these uh, horrible rich people. It is luck that she is the nurse who got hired, and likely any other nurse would have gotten hired, like, would have also stumbled their way into, like, being beloved by Harlan. But who knows... They might not have had the the sixth sense of medicine to know that the two vials were slightly different in texture or whatever the fuck. <clears throat> like, she's just such a good nurse. She's just good. And if there you're was, just good, you'll you'll make it through life. Things will 
things will come out millhouse if you're if you're just good. Uh huh. Which is and not useful at all, and it isn't a good criticism of the like actual conditions that lead her to have a life that is like yeah impacted in the ways that it is by the structures around her. And like, um, <clears throat> like. A, a genuine question I would have in my in in her shoes would be what is kindness here because I kind of think kindness would be telling all these people to go fuck themselves and like I will not help you I, Meg I will help put you through school I will help put this one person through college because that is a promise that was already made with this money you know um like and I would I would just feel like the kindest thing I could do is tell these people to fuck off and put this fortune to use doing some positive positive work in the world. But the thing about this movie is that it's not about what is she going to do with all this. Uh-huh. It's just about, well, she ended up on top and all these bickering people lost. And yeah. it's not about, like, the material realities of what does that fortune do now. Yeah. Like... That's probably more important. Like, yeah, that's a huge piece on the board of the like capitalism, right? Right. That's a huge estate. Yeah. And there's no narrative put toward like what would be the right thing to do mm-hmm. or a thing to do, even. Yeah. If you were in this position from this like perspective and this background, and you had like. If you were given access to this platform and this, like, these resources. Yeah. Where you could, now all of a sudden you can leverage, because not only does she have $60 million, like, it's mentioned in the will, there's investments, she could start selling Netflix rights and adaptation yes. rights. The, there's that whole... Like, the $60 million becomes $70 million very easily, and is the... Like, is she just taking their place? Yeah. Is she just becoming like this is now my dynasty yeah. instead of theirs? And all of a sudden, she's going to have cousins calling and being like, "Hey, can I borrow a thousand dollars? Like, is that like a thing that's going to happen?" Or like, the movie does not think eighty this years is from now is she going to be the person with yeah. the mansion and all the bickering family? Like, right. That's beyond the scope of the movie, obviously. Yes, obviously. Because at the end of the day, this is just a really good murder mystery. Just a really yes. good murder mystery. And it's like, obviously, the point of the movie isn't what's gonna, what is the money gonna be used. It's gonna be who gets the money. Hmm. We are just going to go on the assumption based on their character of what kind of effect they'll have on the world with that money. But being a non-leftist movie, it doesn't really grapple with how much impact that will have on people. Even, like, just the three people that... Her sister, I think? Yeah, her, her mom, sister and like, her mom. It doesn't even mention, like, how their lives will be impacted. Before you even get to, like, the other people that she will interact with moving forward with all this money, and, like, it's fine. That's not what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. That's would never be what the movie would be about. But also, the ambiguous ending of her looking out on the um of her looking out on the lawn sipping her coffee like that ambiguity does lead like 
leaves this question open that the movie has done no work to address. You know, like there, the question the movie leaves you with is, and what what is she gonna do next? And the movie has not built that in. You know, I don't think it's ambiguous. I think it's just she gets the little smug moment where she sips the coffee, and then the only thing visible is the phrase "my house on the mud." Yes, like, but I think the goal, the point of that. It's it's ambiguous in that you don't know is she going to help them is she going to kick them to the curb is she I going think, to give them I think small... it's very clear that she's going to get rid of them because she is on the balcony they are on the lawn and she has the mug and you know yeah. I, I don't think it's ambiguous I think it's just very clearly not the focus of the movie which is yeah. fine but it's also like making the ending about that, making the final shot about that, kind of reverse makes the whole movie about that question a little bit, and most of the movie is just really fucking good murder mystery shit. I fucking love a murder mystery so much. Yeah, it's, the the movie is very good at that stuff, but, um, at the end of the day, it has a very, like, middling message about like mm-hmm. the qualities that made this character able to get through their tribulations and the fact that more more scenes of like her and Harlan like in the scene where they're chatting like they really genuinely seem to be friends yeah another scene or two of that would go a long way to demonstrate. I don't think it needs. I don't think this movie needs any more scenes. I think the the movie is great as it is. I'm not like, I'm not docking points or whatever for my yeah. read about the way that it talks about wealth because like none of these movies are really going to go to yeah. that level. With yeah. It. And like, my point in bringing all of it up is like, is is mainly the fact that. I opened this by saying Ryan Johnson needs to log off. Yes. Because the sort of timidness, timidness that it touches on those themes speaks to like the ways that big accounts who do Democrat posting a lot can sometimes feel, where it's like they are simply not addressing X factor of this issue. Mm-hmm. And they are just... You know, at the end of the day, we have to just be good people, mm-hmm. and we can make it through these structures around us. Which is the sort of like, the sort of blank kindness that will get you, like, a a wide audience, but not a deep audience. I don't know. <laughs> like, like that sort of like, that sort of like kind message that is unspecific like that rings true with like most Americans I think the you know however many million people voted for Hillary Clinton that rings true for them yes um except for the ones like me who voted for Hillary Clinton and then realized that they had been betrayed in a huge way and spent the next four years becoming communists it happens it happens. We're uh, in an hour. Yeah. Almost. Like, I... Uh, I don't know. 
I feel like I've been very aimless in the things that I've been saying. About no, the I don't think that's true at all. I don't really have much of a conclusion except that... Um, people should just stop being cowards. Yeah. Someone <laughs> should radicalize Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Someone should radicalize Ryan Johnson. Um... Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. I, once again, really liked the movie. Like I say, we finished the movie and felt so energized that we had to podcast immediately. We were not planning a podcast today. No, definitely not. Um, so, where, are people following, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora, and you can find everything I do at NoraBlake.online. You can find everything I do at autumnal underscore coffee on Twitter. Um, tomorrow, I guess I ought to edit um, the first episode of Absolute Destiny Apocalypse, which Karevi and I recorded on Wednesday. Um, dear listeners, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something real quick. Karevi has been pestering me for weeks about like the format of the show, and I've been telling them, it's fine. We'll figure out the format. It's fine. It's fine. We'll figure it out. And we got on mic, and I realized I'd never really done that. So the first episode is a very endearing mess. I think I think the first episode of this podcast is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit of a mess. Episode 2, we're going to be a little tighter. But before I record Episode 2, I've got to do Palm Poco with M next Wednesday. That means we're going to watch Palm Poco. We're going to watch that big Tanuki Ball movie. I don't think the Tanukis have balls in the movie. Oh, they have them. I've seen them. (laughs) It's the only thing I know about that movie. Literally the only thing is big Tanuki testy. That's all I know. Uh, But it's a Takahata film, and you know how I feel about Takahata films. I wasn't expecting to make this podcast, so you still can look forward to me being on Great Gundam Project. Yeah. I thought the next time we recorded it would be out, but we haven't even recorded it yet. Because we put out a podcast twice this week. Oh, right. Because we started today watching Standalone Complex, and I had to stop because the gore was real difficult for me. And that is a thing that I want to figure out in myself, because... I used to not be bothered by gore, and in the last three years, something has changed, and I have just not really examined that feeling at all. Mm-hmm. But gore really bothers me now. I'm rewatching Fooly Cooly. It's great. Fooly Cooly is an anime you can watch. I would give it... Stars. <laughs> I would give it an amount of stars between two and three, depending on how I felt. Depending on how... Sad I look. Oh, Nora's sad. Fooly Cooly gets seven stars. Oh, yes. Out of ten? Out of six. Oh. Oh, I made Nora sad. Fooly Cooly's no. the best anime ever. I go. love Gynax. It's so good. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> we did almost watch Evangelion today. We did almost watch the rebuilds today. The or first. the first rebuild. Oof. God, imagining watching three real... Imagine watching three rebuilds in one day. They're not... It's not that bad. Like... But I cannot imagine watching three of them. I could watch... I could imagine watching three rebuilds in three days. Yeah. I could do that, probably. 
three rebuilds in one day would be difficult. I look forward to watching those with you. I think, um, I think you'll like them. Some of them. I, I'm. I know I'm gonna. Pr I know I'm gonna like the second because our friends, our friends generally have the same Evangelion opinions that I do, um, and they like the second rebuild. I imagine I'll like the first because I kind of like that early stuff. That's just yeah, the Shin Godzilla stuff. Oh, the yeah. decisive like uh -huh. the first few episodes where they're just playing decisive battle like all the goddamn time. You know, I don't know. I'm not gonna say too much about it, but Shin Godzilla is a really good movie. Shin Godzilla is a great movie. Shin Godzilla is definitely no. I was gonna say Shin Godzilla is the best thing that Ano has done, but Gunbuster's still there, and Gunbuster still owns. Nobody gets to vote on that. Nobody gets to vote on that.